Hello, and welcome to Insights into Wealth with Bull Wealth. I'm Julian Smith, CEO of Bull Wealth. Today, we explore the opportunities presented in real estate, specifically how industrial real estate can deliver both yield and growth to investors. Kevin Van Dyke, Bull Wealth's managing partner, and Michael O'Sullivan, VP and portfolio manager of Fiera's Industrial Real Estate, discuss the opportunities for investors within the Canadian industrial real estate sector, how the sector of the real estate market is evolving in terms of tenants and rising rental rates, and why small and mid-bay industrial real estate has significant advantages over much larger properties. Most importantly, there remains a supply and demand imbalance that is resulting in positive long-term underlying trends, which makes today's Insights into Wealth podcast a captivating discussion. As you know, we like to keep it short and simple. So Kevin and Michael will discuss Fierro's philosophy and process and how the fund strategy can succeed in many different environments. Welcome, Mike. Appreciate you taking the time to have this conversation with me. Today, I'm looking forward to our discussion on industrial real estate market in Canada, and more specifically on the fund that you manage at Fiera. So maybe if we can just start broadly with some background on the management of this fund over the years, maybe a little bit of color on the relatively recent transition to Fiera. Thanks, Kevin. And thanks for the opportunity to speak with you and your investors. I'm Michael Sullivan. I'm the fund manager. I've been working within the funds for 18 years now. And the history on the business has actually been around 40 odd years of when we started with the GPM group of industrial funds. And, and really what it was is we had 12 sequential closed end funds. And the way it worked is we would pull together institutional capital from private pension plans, public pension plans, a lot of the universities across Canada. And we would go out and we would buy industrial buildings with that pool capital. And we would hold them for 10 years and then we would sell them. And then the investors would get their money back. So we ran 12 closed end funds and they were highly successful with net IRR returns over the 12 and 13 year holding periods, uh, north of 12% on an unlevered basis. So really phenomenal risk-adjusted returns for investors. As I mentioned, I've been involved since GPM6. And so what happened is back in 2014, there's great demand from a lot of pension and and private wealth clients for open-ended funds. So the ability for our pension fund members to liquidate uh, for whatever reason at, at a convenient time for them. So hence we started our Ephira Real Estate Industrial Open Fund, which was previously called GPM 13. So it's been around for seven years. It's now closing in on 900 million in assets under management. And the investment thesis is really quite simple, providing risk mitigation for our investors through a large number of buildings, large number of tenants, high utility of functionality of the units, and geographic diversification of the buildings right across Canada. We're close to 900 million in assets under management of the fund. And Fiera Real Estate as a whole is $7.8 billion in Canada, we're $6.8 billion. So obviously you've been doing 
investing in the industrial market for a long time. Maybe you could just sort of give a flavor on what type of industrial buildings it is that you're looking for. And if there's sort of a typical or an ideal property, what that might look like in terms of size, number of tenants, type of tenants, and that sort of thing. We really focus on three categories within the fund. That would be single tenant, smaller buildings, and generally those are where there's just one tenant and they're about 50,000 square feet and less. We also focus on multi-tenant small bay. And generally those small bay is defined as roughly 10,000 square feet and less. And it could be anywhere from generally three tenants to upwards of 15 tenants in a building. A lot of the units within our fund are actually 3,000 square feet and less. And then really the other category that we look for within the fund are kind of medium-sized bay. Those will be a multi-tenant facility as well. And those are generally from tenants in 10,000 square feet to 50,000 square feet. So the biggest thing when we're looking to acquire a property is that the buildings and the units are fairly generic. So the biggest question when I'm acquiring a property will be, If I ever lose a tenant, where is my next tenant coming from? And if that answer to that question is no, meaning the unit is so specialized, like it could have lab space where it's very difficult to find another lab user, then we won't buy it. So generally, we look for buildings where the layout would have at the front of the building one or two or three offices and the back of the building is just a warehouse and that would have usually one or two or three dock doors per unit and also drive-in doors. So we're really looking for functionality for our tenants. And generally the location is really key on where we look to buy. And so generally those are buildings that are within larger cities, close to highways, close to airports, that kind of thing. So, you know, it's not a fancy product, but they're buildings that are high in demand, ones that navigate through tough economic times and that always have tenants for the uses of the buildings. You mentioned small bay and some perhaps mid bay. What's the benefit of those as opposed to larger buildings? The big benefit for a small bay is quite simply that there's a large number of small and medium-sized businesses in Canada. And that's generally what we focus on within the fund for that reason that I just mentioned. In the event they ever lost a tenant, there's generally a lot of new tenants that can come and backfill that space. When you think of kind of the really large buildings that are out there right now, the big 200, 300, 400,000 square foot buildings that are being built on the outskirts of Toronto and Montreal and Vancouver, those really big distribution spaces, there's only so many of those really big businesses and users for those. And yet in the event you lost one of those tenants, you've got a bit of a problem in a smaller pool to draw from. With our product, the likelihood of us finding a replacement tenant is very, very high, and there's usually very little downtime. What's kind of unique in the marketplace right now is, which is kind of unique to the last two or three years, is that we now actually have a lineup of tenants in the event that one of our tenants doesn't renew or we get a vacancy. So we've actually, in some cases, run a bid process to rent 
uh, unit, which is something that's kind of never been seen in the industrial market price for the last 20 or 30 years. You sort of mentioned where you might sort of find these types of properties, but geographically, I guess a couple of questions. Is there particular areas? Is it just near big, large cities and airports? And then secondly, is there ample opportunity in Canada to find these properties or do you ever see expansion into the U.S. perhaps? Historically, in our closed-end funds, we focused on the major cities across Canada. So Vancouver, Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa, Kitchener, Waterloo has been a market that we like and we've done really well in. So generally, the bigger cities. So what we found over the last couple of years, if we buy the right product in some of those secondary markets, we can do exceptionally well. So we've found that in markets, as an example, Halifax, Moncton, Guelph, some of the smaller mid-sized cities throughout Canada, Winnipeg, as an example, Regina, that if you buy small enough buildings with small enough units, you can do really well because it's incredibly hard to replicate the kind of product that we own within the fund. And so we've seen that in kind of the last couple of years. We we own a number of properties in Atlantic Canada where there's smaller units. There's still a lot of good businesses. All the units are completely full. And so that's something that we've learned. And, you know, going forward, I do envision us buying more in some of those up and coming markets, you know, like Barrie, as an example, or could be Sherbrooke, uh, Quebec, Quebec City, some of those other markets where the dynamics of the city, where they've got population growth, or if they're port cities, you know, like Niagara Falls or Windsor, those are going to be some good markets for the fund as we continue to grow. On the U.S. question, that is something that I see as being critical for the growth of the fund and also providing enhanced diversification for our investors. With everything that's happened over the past few years, we've seen varying levels of stress in different segments of the real estate market, office, retail, for instance. What's been happening in the industrial market over that same time frame in terms of rent increases, market value appreciation, has that varied significantly from region to region or is it sort of broad-based? So we've seen kind of exponential growth in terms of our rental rates. For the longest times, our rental rates in Ontario and Quebec, they would plod along, there'd be five or six dollars. And what's happening uh, now for all of our tenants who are coming to the end of their lease term, coming up for renewal, Within the last year or next year, they're signing on new lease agreements at double and triple of what they're paying. So if they were paying five, six, seven dollars, a lot of these new tenants are paying anywhere from generally twelve dollars and in some cases uh, up to eighteen dollars. So that's kind of the supply and demand metrics of kind of what's going on. There's nobody building new product in our category. It's very, very difficult to A, find land, and then B, the construction costs are so huge that very, very few landlords are building the small bay and medium-sized bay. So having said that, the last couple of months, we've had some headwind. And what we've found within specifically my fund in our category is Cap rates have gone up with interest rates. So 
the cap rates on our properties have gone up roughly 50 basis points over the last two quarters, and they may go up another 25 or so basis points. We'll see in the next uh, couple of weeks. Generally, when cap rates go up, the values of the properties will fall. But what's happening with our appraisals is we have such a discount, as I mentioned, in terms of our contracted rent to these new market rents, that's offsetting any uh, drop in values. So year to date, we haven't really seen any drop in appraisals. We may see a little bit uh, as we get into kind of the first quarter, but the income is continuing to push up quite substantially at pretty much all of our properties. I guess to answer your question on it, is, is it kind of the rental rates the same across Canada? So what we're seeing now is Montreal has gone up quite significantly, but I do envision a kind of a leveling off of where rental rates will go next year. We're renewing tenants at roughly three times of what they were paying. I do see more growth in uh, rental rates in the Ontario product our GTA Mississauga assets and also our Kitchener-Cambridge assets continue to do really, really well with no new supply. Also in Halifax is another market that's been a little sleepy, but occupancy levels are 99%. There's no new supply. A lot of great things happening in, in Halifax as a growing port city. So I see more uh, momentum there. So and in Alberta, I see probably leveling off in terms of rental rates. Calgary may see a little bit of growth. Calgary seems to be doing quite well right now. So overall, the rental rate story is kind of uh, continued to growth, and that will be kind of the bread and butter or the strength of the fund over the next couple of years. Over the last couple of years, we've seen probably significant appreciation and the fund returns being driven more by that than by rental income. In a normal environment, what does that look like? And I guess going forward, do you expect that the income component becomes more significant? Well, the strength of all our funds, of our 13 sequential funds, has always been the income component. Effectively, the rent that goes back in quarterly distributions to the pension fund members. And historically, our income distribution has been in that 5 to 6% range. And what's happened is, as the property values have gone up so much, We only tap into the increased rent as these leases expire. So actually our income component is dropped in kind of like the the mid fours. But, you know, we envision that to get back up into the mid fives. So that will be the strength of this fund kind of going forward. You know, if that's your baseline return of something in the mid fives and then capital appreciation historically over the last five years, our uh, five year total return has been close to 18%. So the capital appreciation every year has been quite substantial. So I do envision that to be a lot more modest going forward if we're able to achieve high single-digit returns for investors on a risk-adjusted basis, then that would be good for our investors going forward. To a previous point you made about basically lineups for properties, what do you normally see in terms of turnover? Do you have tenants typically that just continue to renew or is that sort of totally vary? What's typical in that scenario? So those dynamics have changed quite substantially too. Kind of five years and prior, a lot of the leverage was in the tenants' hands. 
there would be vacancies. So a tenant would have options. They would say, okay, I'm going to move here at 10% less. And then you're left with a vacancy and you have to carpet and paint or provide other incentive to attract a, a new tenant. So what's happened now with virtually no choices for a tenant, a couple of things are happening. We used to sign leases that were generally anywhere from two to five years in length. So now a lot of those leases are anywhere from five to 10 years. And if we do sign a shorter term lease, then that comes at a quite a substantial premium in terms of the rent, which is good for the income of the fund. And so the other thing is a lot of our tenants, generally our tenants have been with us in their individual units for anywhere, our average is eight years. In terms of the length of time that tenants are staying in our buildings, continues to grow. So that cuts down on those replacement costs or turnover costs. And then the last thing is what's also new. We used to have fairly substantial leasing costs, whether it be commissions to broker, incentives of improving units. Now, pretty much when you have such high demand for the space and no options for tenants, that you don't need to put in those big costs in terms of providing bonuses to brokers or free rent. So effectively, tenants are basically going in and those fit-up costs are really quite small or smaller than they used to be. Is there anything that you would see as a cause for concern going forward? How do you think industrial real estate would do in a period of economic challenges if we see recession, if we see, or not if, having seen interest rates rise as they have, would you expect the industrial market and particularly your portfolio to hold up? We are seeing some headwinds. There's no doubt about it. I guess the single biggest thing is, let's call it the financial covenant of our tenants. Generally, they tend to be smaller in nature with our average unit size being 8,000 square feet. A lot of our tenants are smaller in nature. They use 3,000 square feet and smaller. So the fund has 500 tenants with their costs of their businesses going up. So all their inputs, their borrowing costs, their labor costs, their input costs. There's going to be some financial strain on some of those smaller and medium-sized businesses as we get into the next two quarters of next year. I I don't think there's any doubt about that. So that's a concern that we're watching, uh, you know, but to date, as we approach the end of the year, we really don't have any arrears at our tenants. So that's a good sign. We haven't seen any insolvencies. That's a good sign, but that's something you know that we're watching for. We'll be paying close attention. I guess the flip side or the good side to that is what we've seen on the supply and demand imbalance. Generally speaking, the Canadian businesses have done quite well through COVID, whether it be the assistance that the feds have given them through the subsidies, which kept a number of our tenants afloat during the COVID uh, shutdown or whether it be immigration that's coming in. The underlying fundamentals over the medium term and long term are really good and really strong for the fund. And and I guess, obviously, being focused on industrials really kind of let us be the number one fund in the property fund index, which has nine members in it, and obviously being 96% industrial. But I would say that the way we differ in terms of what I invest in versus some of my peers, which tend to have uh, larger funds be a couple things. Number one, we use almost exclusively no debt. So our leverage on our fund is 7%. Generally, our peers 
are in the 25 to 26. So we really don't have any exposure that way. We have some fixed term mortgages, but nothing that's expiring in the near term, which is good. The second thing is in the smaller asset category, I invest in what I would call the smaller buildings and I would call it a B class. A, the location of these is so good that if we have any vacancies, they're immediately filled. But the biggest thing is nobody's building new product in this category. There is a new building, but generally that's either one of two things. It's very large buildings because it's more economic to build and they're on the outskirts. Or B, it's condo developers. So they're building a building, they're making small units, and they're selling the units as condo. So we've got a really good advantage in terms of the product that we already own in the fund in terms of more runway as it relates to both income returns and capital appreciation. Thank you again, Mike, for taking this time to provide us with these insights into the broader industrial real estate market and the specifics on your fund. Appreciate it very much. Thanks, Kevin. Pleasure. Thanks again to our guest, Michael O'Sullivan. Insights into Wealth is a Vocal Fry Studios production. Our producer is Sabrina Brathwaite. I'm your host, Julian Smith. If you want to reach out to me, please email me directly, or you may find me on LinkedIn. Bullwealth is the corporate group name of Bull Capital Management, Inc. and Bull Wealth Management Group, Inc., Bull Capital Management, Inc. is registered as a portfolio manager and exempt market dealer in the provinces of Ontario, British Columbia, Alberta, and Quebec, and also as an investment fund manager in the province of Ontario. The information contained in this podcast is not intended to solicit or to provide research or investment advice to the listeners by Bullwealth or any of its affiliates. Also, the receipt of the podcast by its listeners is not to be taken as constituting solicitation or giving of research or investment advice by Bullwealth or any of its affiliates. This podcast should not be copied, distributed, published, or reproduced in whole or in part.